Today to Isaiah chapter 9 as we begin to again talking about for unto us. This is our Christmas series for unto us embracing the Christ of Christmas. And our keynote passage, of course, has been Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, where the prophet uh, shares with us the coming of the Christ. And let me read it for you today. It says this, for unto us. Everyone say unto us. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you and me. It really does. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Everyone say Wonderful Counselor. His name shall be called Mighty God. Say Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Say Everlasting Father. And Prince of Peace. Say Prince of Peace. And he goes on to say, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Father, we thank you for the coming of the Christ. And we thank you, Lord God, for who you are to us. We thank you that you are wonderful counselor. We thank you that you are mighty God. We thank you that you are everlasting Father. And we thank you, of course, that you are our Prince of Peace in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I love Christmas time. I love to embrace the Christ of Christmas. And so the past couple of Sundays, we've been talking about that. And we learned on December 1st, the first Sunday of December, that we embrace Him by faith. Everyone say, by faith. You see, I remember so well as we read through the story of Mary, the Virgin Mary. She received Christ, how? By faith. When the angel came to her and declared to her that she was going to conceive of the Holy Spirit, she just needed a little explanation. She didn't have a doubt in her mind. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. You see, before she ever embraced the Christ in her arms, she embraced him in her heart by faith. It's the same way we do today. And so I want to encourage you to let your faith arise this holiday season and just trust Him and believe Him. Peter said this, he said, even though we don't see Him, we believe Him and we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So we receive Him and embrace Him by faith. And then we've been looking at these, this declaration of His name. And the first one, of course, we looked at as Wonderful Counselor last Sunday. How many of you were here last Sunday for Wonderful Counselor? Let me just say, if you weren't here, go online, and, and I'm, I'm not just trying to promote myself, I'm trying to promote the Word of God here. Get online, go to our website, get us on iTunes. If you're my Facebook friend, you can probably find it on, on our Facebook page or my Facebook page, last Sunday's message about the Wonderful Counselor. We learned from last Sunday that all of us, all humans, Humanity is inherent, inherently needy for the wisdom and revelation of God in our life. We need His wisdom in our life. Without Him, we are all just, we're all just stupid. <laughs> I have to tell you a funny story. I told you last Sunday because I kind of had to work that word in because it's a very biblical word. The word foolish is translated, uh, it's translated foolish, but it really can be just as easily and many times is translated stupid. Uh, but you know, and you don't, you tell your children, it's not nice to say stupid. You don't want to call people stupid. So Ty has it ingrained in his mind. You don't say stupid. So I was glad last Sunday when they were, all the kids were gone. Uh, but this morning, because he's homesick, Stacy was watching our daily devotional, which just happened to be about Wonderful Counselor. A minute and a half, 
and they're watching. They're all sitting there, Taylor, Ty, uh, and, and, and Brent, were you watching? No, he wasn't. He, he wasn't, but the kids were. Sorry, Brent. And so here they go. And then I just said, you know, sin makes you stupid. And first thing Ty said, you're not supposed to say stupid. So I have to teach him a little bit about, you know, I'm supposed to call people stupid. Uh, and, but, hey, uh, we need the wonderful counselor in our life. So get that message. I think it will make a big difference in your life because how many of you don't want to be stupid? All right. We're by nature, that's our, the case. We're foolish, and we need wonderful counselor in our life. It's the first name. And now this morning, we're going to talk about mighty God. Somebody say mighty God. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about Everlasting Father. Now, you've got to be here next Sunday because OMG, He is our Father, our Heavenly, Eternal Father. The whole world, let me just back up and say, a majority of the whole world carry issues because of Father issues. And He's our Heavenly Father, and we need to be here Sunday and make sure we're in tune. He'll be a father to the fatherless. It's going to be a great time. And then on our Christmas Eve service, I'm going to share a short word about Him being the Prince of Peace, and we're going to have a great time on Christmas Eve. So that's where we've been. That's, this is where we're headed. Everyone say, He's mighty God. We're going to embrace Him today as the mighty God. And that word mighty God, that name mighty God, uh, you can look at it a different way. In fact, the Hebrew says something along these lines, powerful warrior and champion. How many of you need a powerful warrior and champion in your court today? How many of you need somebody who will lead you and become a victorious warrior in your behalf? And I love this. I love what the, I love what the Holy Spirit does when He moves upon Isaiah and He begins to talk about the Christ coming. And most of us, when we think of the Christ come, coming and, hey, you know, the little baby in the manger. How many of you know the little baby in the manger was, was mighty God? And he grew up to be a mighty warrior. And so when I see this prophecy, his name shall not call little baby in the manger. Even though he was, he came born. Uh, he, how many of you know he's mighty God? Tell five people he's a mighty God. Come on, tell somebody he's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a powerful warrior in our behalf. Now, I love what this declaration declares about us. You know, as he declared that he's wonderful counselor, it spoke to the inherent need of humanity for the wisdom of God in their life. But then the next name, he's mighty God, he's powerful warrior, speaks to our inherent need for supernatural authority in our life to lead us to a lifestyle of victory over the over death, hell, and the grave. Amen? And so we need the victory of God in our life. And only Jesus, the mighty God in our life, the powerful warrior can provide that for us. In fact, the Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus looking at his disciples, he said this, Behold, I give you authority. Someone say authority. Now, authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Somebody say serpents. Somebody say scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. Somebody say, over all the power of the enemy. And then he says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, how many of you know that's some victory in our life? That means we need to embrace the Christ of Christmas more so than ever before and allow him to be mighty God in our life. Everyone say, mighty God. 
So today's takeaway, let me give you this. If you don't remember anything else, just remember this right here. It's that this, 2,000 plus years ago, in the, away in a manger, if you will, a mighty God stepped out onto the battlefield of the ages and won a great victory in behalf of all humanity. I think we ought to give mighty God a great big God bless you. Let him know we appreciate the victory of God that is made manifest in our life. You see, he not only leads you to be victorious, he's already been victorious. In our behalf, amen. And so mighty God showed up over 2,000 years ago. And then he gave us the authority uh, to, to walk in his authority and be victorious day by day by day, amen. And so today we're gonna talk about that. But let me ask you a question. Did you know that before Jesus was born in a manger, he showed up on planet earth? It's getting quiet in the house. When you read the Old Testament, you will discover a number of places where what theologians call a theophany. Everyone say a theophany. See, if you don't remember anything, you can at least impress your friends and say, you know, in old times, there were theophanies. That's a time when God showed up in human or physical form on planet earth. And in the Old Testament, there's a number of places where God was made manifest. Jesus, I believe, though it doesn't call his name Jesus, was made manifest in the Old Testament, and it's a theophany. Now, one particular, we're not going to study this, but if you look, if you read about Melchizedek, everyone say Melchizedek. Man, if you just read a little bit about him, uh, you'll discover, man, that had to have been Jesus in the old, a theophany. And so there's a number of them. I want to show you one today that reveals him as mighty God and as powerful warrior and champion. I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 5 and 6. You know the story how Moses had died and God spoke to Joshua to lead the people on into the promised land. If you're with me so far, say amen. And so Joshua rallied the people. It's a great story. And God uh, led the people across the river, what? Jordan. Uh, and into the, what? Promised land. And they get across the, the, into the promised land. And, and then the first thing they come in contact with is Jericho. You remember the story? And you know the story, you've probably, if you've been around church much, you uh, remember that Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, 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 well, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls that came tumbling down. Man, I think I'll go into a new line of work. That's the story. And so in Joshua chapter 5 and 6, God leads the children of Israel into a great victory as they move into the promised land over Jericho. In fact, to the point that, that all of the, of the giants and all the people in, in, in the promised land were in fear and trembling of the people of God. Now, I want you to see in verse 13 of chapter 5, as they're standing in the face of Jericho, what happens? Are you with me? Say amen. 
Here it is, verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold a man uh, stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And so he said, that is the man with the sword, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. There's a theophany. The reason I know it's a theophany is because we are not to worship angels. And Joshua worshipped and in fact called him Lord. And so we see a theophany and I think King James says commander of the host of of God or the or the or the captain of the Lord's host and the New King James says he says I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Somebody say commander of the Lord's army. The commander of the Lord's army, the Lord of hosts, mighty God, powerful warrior, shows up in the Old Testament and provides, uh, say two words with me, Tr- say vision and strategy. He showed Joshua, he gave him a vision of victory. And then the second thing we'll talk about in a moment, he gave him strategy about how to see that victory made manifest in his life. And I want to talk to you about that this morning and just in the next few moments. Let's embrace the Christ of Christmas, but let's learn some things from this theophany of how mighty God went to work in behalf of Joshua and the children of Israel to lead them to a place of great victory. You see, the captain of the Lord's army, the captain of the Lord's host provided Joshua a great vision of victory. Look in chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went out and no one went in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, somebody say see, see, I have given Jericho into your hands, into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. Stop and look up. There's a vision of victory. Not only did they see it was shut up and all the people were inside trembling, but I believe Joshua, when God says see, it's much more than a natural realm. He got a vision, something dropped in his heart and he said, oh man, we're going to get, we're going to become victorious over this, over the uh, Jericho today. So he gave him a vision of victory. Now, But how many of you know there's always a prelude to everything? The prelude to Joshua's vision of victory was twofold. After they had crossed over the Red Sea, if you go back and look in chapter 5, there were two things that happened. One is very pronounced, and the other one is just kind of almost hidden, but they are very important for us to see. And how many of you know the Old Testament is always full of types and shadows? It's like the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You got that? Here, I'm going to show you this a little bit. One of the first things they did, you got to get this. Can you imagine, uh, and I may never 
never get done today, but I'm pretty jazzed. So have mercy. Everybody look at me and just say, have mercy on him, Jesus. Help him. Uh, I'm pretty excited because, but, because I see something here. The, the prelude to this vision of victory that Joshua had, they cross over. They're in the promised land. They've been wandering. In fact, the only, uh, uh, all, the only guys that were there, they were 40 and under because all the other old doubters had to die out before the new could come on in. And so they're pretty excited about getting out. Of, how many of you would be excited about uh, something new to eat after 40 years? They'd been eating manna. In fact, the Bible says that when they crossed over and they're facing Jericho, the manna ceased. We'll see that in a minute. But the first thing, they're all excited. They're, man, we made it. And then the Lord says, okay, Joshua, all these young guys uh, that, ha- that were born in the wilderness, that their daddies died in the wilderness, these new guys, get you a flint knife and circumcise. Everybody go, hallelujah. (laughs) You see, there's a prelude to victory in your life. Now, though you and I both don't want to get into the minute details of circumcision, the one thing we do not want that to be is with a flint knife. I'm just telling you. But understand something about circumcision. It certainly represents something more than maybe what you and I might understand. In fact, when you look at it, you'll realize that that cutting away, in fact, uh, you read it later in Joshua 5, 6 through 9. He says, we're cutting this away so that we can roll away the reproach of Egypt. So it, it was a picture of something, how God was, and you know why the children of Israel were in Egypt? Because they were sinners. Now let me just throw this in so you'll keep following me. What did, what did the prophet, or pardon me, what did the angels tell to Joseph there in Matthew 1? You call his name Jesus because he'll do what? Save the people from their sins. So here's the children of Israel. They're moving into the promised land. The prelude to their victory and the prelude to their vision of victory required a, a, a cutting away and a symbolic uh, rolling away of, of the past of their sins. Now, Without going there, Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 says this, In him, speaking of Jesus, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not made, made, with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. How many of you are getting the picture? So it represented what Christ can and will do in our life and must do in our life to lead us as mighty God. You see, to be circumcised with a flint knife required a complete and absolute submission. And if we're going to experience the victory that God has for us and be able to embrace the Christ of Christmas and and as we learn something from this theophany, we've got to yield ourselves to to the Christ of Christmas, the mighty God, and allow him to deal with the sin issues of our life. Are you with me? Say amen. Now the second thing, the second prelude to this vision of victory that Joshua received from the uh, captain of the Lord's army was a little different, but it, it almost slipped past me, but it's Passover. Now get the picture. 
And I want to show you this. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 10, it says this really as they were, in fact, verse 8. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people, they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now catch verse 10. Now in the children of, now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover. Somebody say Passover. Second big prelude to this vision of victory is Passover. Now, without getting too detailed, do you remember Passover? Where did it start? They're in Egypt. And God's beginning to lead them out of Egypt and he gives them direction and he tells them uh, as children, if you want the death angels coming... The consequences of sin are coming, but if you want to be covered, you've got to, you've got to understand what I say about Passover. And you take a spotless lamb and you, and without being too detailed, you take his blood and you place it on the doorpost of your house. And when the death angel comes over, it will pass over you. Now, follow me here because how many of you know that's a picture of what Christ has done? In fact, catch this, understand this today, because uh, this Passover required the shedding of blood to keep the death angel out, out and off your house. It required the shedding of blood. In fact, John 1, 29, when Jesus is coming and John is baptizing, what does he look up and he say? He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. And then Paul, of course, in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says, Christ, our Passover. So this theophany is an amazing representation of what Christ has come to do for all of humanity. We've got to yield ourselves to his absolute lordship and allow him to deal with the sin issues. And we've got to appropriate and apply the blood. Everybody say, apply the blood. Oh, I love the old hymn of the church. I may sing it too. When I see the blood, I'll pass. I'll pass over you. You see, that's the whole picture. It's the, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So here in this theophany, we see the Christ. And he comes and he leads, uh, Dave, pardon me. He, yeah, well, who does he lead? <laughs> Yes, he leads uh, Joshua, I started to put David in there. He leads Joshua into a whole level of victory with the people of God. But the prelude is circumcision and Passover. Everybody say circumcision and Passover. And the Christ wants to lead us into that process today. Now, before, before the victory could ever be realized, the captain of the Lord's host, Joshua had positioned the people to have a, have a vision of victory. But once that vision was given, then there came strategy. Everyone say strategy. The strategy was this in verse, uh, oh, chapter 6, verse 3, 4, 5, and 6. And you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the... How many of you know strategy is pretty detailed here? The, he said, blow the trumpets and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that, uh, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Man, what a strategy. God gave strategy. But hey, 
there was a prelude to the strategy. I want you to see what Joshua did when he came in contact with the captain of the Lord's host, with mighty God. I'm going to give you four thoughts quickly. Let's look in Joshua chapter, uh, go back to chapter 5, verse 14. The first thing we see Joshua did when he came in contact, when he realized I'm in the presence of the captain of the Lord's army, the first thing he did was he gave him a high five and said, what's up, brother? No. He fell on his face. Joshua bowed. That represents a heart of humility and submission and a recognition of authority. My friend, listen, if you need strategies for victory in your life, it begins when we bow before him and realize he is the captain of the Lord's host. And he'll give strategy. Some of you are facing things that you have big question marks. Listen, he's a wonderful counselor, but then he'll show up as mighty God and give you great strategy to see victory be made manifest in your life. Oh my goodness, Christmas is much more than just jingle bells. He'll give a strategy. David bowed. Reveals an attitude of humility in the presence of God. And then number two, David, pardon me, I keep saying David, Joshua, he blessed Somebody say he blessed. It says he bowed before God and he worshiped the Lord in verse 14. He began to bless God. He began to worship God. Oh, what a strategy to get strategy. This is a great strategy. When you come in contact with mighty God, here's some strategy to get some strategy. How many of you know there's strategy about getting strategy? You humble yourself and you bow before him and you bless him. And then the third thing Joshua did, he, he bended his ear to hear. What God was saying. In fact, he had a question. The first question for him, once he realized who he was, his second question, what does my Lord say to his servant? Let me tell you something. When the Lord, the captain of the Lord's army shows up in your life, he's got something to say. And De- I'm going to say, Joshua bended his ear to hear what thus saith the Lord. Amen. And then he got strategy. But then the fourth thing that he did, the strategy Joshua had in order to get the strategy was he believed. Because it says in chapter 6, verse 6, as soon as he got the strategy, he went about the business of fulfilling it. He was instantaneously obedient to God. God gives us strategy to get strategy. We can't just sit around twiddling our thumbs. We've got to embrace the Christ of Christmas. And realize he's mighty God. He's captain of the Lord's army. And if we'll just bow before him and bless him and bend our ears and believe what he says, he will give a strategy to be victorious this coming year. Whoo, somebody say amen. And man, when you embrace mighty God, you're embracing powerful warrior and champion who will give you strategies, new strategies and insights to lead you to whole new levels of victory in your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a mediocre, half-baked, you know, hey, listen, the Christian walk shouldn't be like baseball. Baseball is you win some, lose some, some are rained out. I want my life to be a consistent lifestyle of victory based upon my response to the captain of the Lord's army in my life. Amen? Now, there's some more prelude. Before the victory ever happened, there had to be a response. How many of you know, every word from God demands a response. 
let me just stop and say, a lot of people are sitting around believing God, but that's the reality. They're just sitting around believing God. How many of you know faith always leads you to respond to what he says to do? And his strategy required a cooperation. The word of the Lord always requires your cooperation. The victory of God that is available to you through the captain of the Lord's army always demands our cooperation from our lives and our submission and our yieldedness. But let me show you four words that I would call four key ingredients of cooperation this morning. The first one is path. Everyone say path. What did the, what did the word of the Lord say? Uh, what did God lead Joshua to do? Oh, you gotta start marching. Everyone say start marching. Listen, the victory's not here. It's, it's already here. You see it, but you gotta get busy. You gotta begin moving forward in order to experience what I promised you would happen. You can't sit around on your blessed assurance and not get busy and get busy with the path that God has for you. He said, you got to get moving. you got to get marching. you got to move forward. You, this is what you do. You do it every day, and on the seventh day, you do it seven times. It's time to get busy. There's a path you've got to begin to move. Everyone say, the path. God wants us to give us, he wants to give us a path to get us moving towards the victory that he has for us. How many of you know I'm telling you the truth this morning? You got to get up and get moving. Tell five people, I uh, just one. Tell one person, you got to get up and get moving this morning. You got to get up. We got a path to get on. We got to get our feet busy about the Father's business. Hey, let me tell you something. Victory does not come to those who say, one of these days. Victory comes to those who say, this is the day I start obeying the call of God on my life. This is the day I'm going to put my feet to my faith. This is the day I'm going to quit saying one of these days. I'm going to say this is the day that I'm going to obey God. It's the path. God gave a path. We all have a path. The second word is presence. In the passage of Scripture, you see that the, the, the Ark of the Covenant was an important part of this strategy that they had to keep the ark, which is the manifest presence of God for them on planet earth. It's the holy, uh, it's where, uh, it's just the manifestation of his presence. I can't get too deep and wide right there, but that was a part of the, of the strategy and all the, the priests and everybody kept their eyes not only on the path, but the presence. How many of you know, if you don't keep his presence as priority in your life, you'll never find the victory of God in your life. You might walk round and round and round and do all your best to, you know, jiggle and joggle, but if you don't keep his presence as the focal point of your life, you'll never see the victory of God made manifest in your life. So the divine cooperation is we've got to stay on path. We've got to keep our eyes on the presence. Number three, there's got to be a persistence about us. In fact, the Bible says that the directive was, and what they did, these trumpeters, they blew their trumpets, and it says they did it continually. Now, let me just say, I love a good trumpet, but you get a bunch of them blowing together, and by the way, they probably didn't sound quite as good as the trumpets we have today. I might just give up and roll over. It could have been a little irritating to the enemy. They did it continually. Everybody go, bum, bum, bum. come on, bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum. come on, are y'all not going to help me? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. 
If I'd have been in Jericho, I'd have said, it's enough, I give up. But they were persistent in the process. You got to stay with it. You got to stick. Hey, God, some of you are in the middle of your victory. You just shouldn't, you can't quit. The strategy of God is to lead you in a lifestyle of persistent obedience. Stick with it. Tell somebody else, don't quit. You can't quit. And the fourth element of cooperation that I see in operation is a proclamation. Now, this is the cool part, but we get it backwards. It's the shout. God said, don't say anything until I tell you to shout. Now, what's the first thing most of us want to do? We want to shout. Have you ever met any Christians who think that's the first thing? I'm going to shout my problem until it just goes away. There's nothing wrong with a positive proclamation. But listen, there's a divine order to the strategy of God. You can't just go blab it and grab it. Can you? I'll just blab it and grab it. I'll just say it and seize it. No. You've got to be under the, uh, the directive and the, and, and, the, and the strategy of God in your life. But there comes a time. Whoo. And I'm telling you, I think, or some of you, this might be your shouting day. Where God speaks to you and says, this is your moment. Go ahead and just shout. And they were faithful. Can you imagine keeping two million plus people quiet? In fact, the Bible says none of them were even sick. They were healthy. They were walking in divine health. I started to say, someone going, man, my feet are getting tired. I'm going to sit down. I want to relax. That sounds like a lot of churches. Oh, pastor, I'm tired of serving the Lord. They were persistent. And then the Spirit of God spoke. God spoke. Shout. For I have given you the city. It's the divine proclamation of God over your enemies. And when they shouted, it shook heaven. And the walls came a tumbling down. He's mighty God. He's powerful warrior. Nothing too hard for the Lord. And the prophet Isaiah said there's coming a time when a child will be born and the government will be on his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, but oh, he's also Mighty God. That's the Christ that we should embrace this morning you see 2,000 plus years ago the Christ was made manifest 
On that first Christmas morning, the mighty God showed up on the battlefield of the ages and wielded a great victory in our behalf. It was a victory over sin. Somebody say amen. You see, sin is not our master anymore because of what Christ has done for us uh, uh, throughout his life. And that's, again, that's what the, the angels spoke to Joshua, pardon me, spoke to Joseph, and he said, His name shall be called Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Remember the children of Israel? Circumcision. Passover. Mighty God can lead us into victory over sin. Number two, mighty God can lead us into victory over Satan. My Bible tells me, according to Hebrews chapter 2, that through his death, he destroyed him who has the power of death, even the devil. He's mighty God. Let's stand together. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. As we close today, we're going to invoke the power and presence of Mighty God in this place today, because he has come to lead us into great victory. Let's bow our heads before the Lord today. Let's just begin to thank Him that He's mighty God. I want everyone in this room just to begin to declare, you are mighty God in my life today. I want you to make that declaration. Thank you, Lord, that you are mighty God. Just say, thank you, Lord, that you're a victorious champion. We love you today, Jesus. We embrace you as the Christ of Christmas. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's people here today that are in a battle. There's a very pronounced battle going on in your life. And you need mighty God. He's mighty God. He not, he's not, he might be mighty God. He is mighty God. If you're here today and there's a battle going on in your family, in your life, on the inside, and you can say, Pastor, I need mighty God to lead me to a whole new level of victory today in my life. If that's you, wherever you are, lift your hand and say, that's to me. I'm going through a battle. If you lifted up your hand right now, don't wait, don't hesitate. Slip out and come into this altar. We're going to ask mighty God. Come on, come on right now. I'm coming with you. We're going to do battle together. Let's let mighty God show up in our behalf today. I want everyone here just to begin to thank Him that He's mighty God. And if you're coming today, I want you to come in faith. I want you to begin to declare in faith. Hey, uh, hey, Joshua believed the Lord. He began to embrace the Christ of Christmas. He began to embrace the captain of the Lord's host. I want you to begin to declare it right now. Now I want somebody to come and stand who has a little faith in their heart. Come and stand behind these and just touch them. Come on quickly. I need some prayer team. Come on. Just stand behind them and just begin to declare mighty God in their life. Mighty God, captain of the Lord's army is showing up. He's coming with a sword in his hand to wield against the powers of darkness. There's no demon or devil in your life that is too big for God. He's going to be mighty God. I want everyone to lift your hands towards these and just begin to thank God for victory in their life. Come on, I need some voices in the, in the altar and in this house declaring mighty God. Lord, we thank you for the victory of God. 
being made manifest in their life. Lord, I thank you for the victory. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Dear, I hear the Holy Spirit say, there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. Sir, there's nothing too hard for God. He's fighting your battles today. In fact, some of the things you may have done have been trying to take his place. Just let go and let him fight your battle today. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the victory of God. I want everyone here just to say this to God. Say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, everybody, out loud. Say, thank you, Jesus. You're mighty God. You're my everlasting Father. You're my Prince of Peace. You're my wonderful Counselor. You lead me into victory. You always cause me to triumph. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. Every demon and devil must bow before God. I thank you for the victory in my life. In Jesus' name, for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let's give the captain of the Lord's army a great big God bless you today.